Hey everyone, this is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hi everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. On today's AdBits, I want to talk about seller financing and UBTI. So hope everyone's doing great. Got a really interesting podcast uh, topic today. A topic I've uh, received uh, many questions on over the last couple months. Not sure why. It seems like seller financing is a hot real estate topic. So I wanted to do a podcast on it because there's a very interesting wrinkle when it comes to using uh, leverage in the case of a 401k and exempting the leverage from what's called the unrelated business taxable income tax, which you would think would apply, but unfortunately, there's an exemption that exempts the exemption. So let me explain. So seller financing, if, if you're unsure what it is, basically means, you know, it's a real estate transaction in which the seller handles the mortgage process instead of a financial institution, right? So you basically um, are doing a, you know, kind of sale leaseback or um, in a situation where you are essentially buying something from the seller and the seller is basically um, financing that transaction. Okay, so it's very common, uh, especially with appreciated assets where you have a situation where um, the uh, seller just wants out and the seller is like, hey, I will help you buy this thing. Give me X down and I will give you the loan for the rest and you can pay me back over time. Um, and that has been a very uh, popular way of transacting in real estate uh, over the last uh, number of years. But uh, generally in the last six months or so, I've seen it more frequently because of, I guess, high appreciated assets and the fact that some buyers don't have the necessary cash. And with COVID, it's been hard to get leverage or a loan. So the seller has been kind of uh, taking care of the acquisition. So um, something you know to to be um, cautious about, um, and especially if it's in a context of a, a sale um, leaseback. Okay, if you're not in a sale leaseback transaction, it's just a straight up seller financing. Um, there there is the likelihood of exempting that transaction from uh, the UBTI tax, but. Uh, in a lot of cases, the seller financing, there's also a sale leaseback wrinkle to it, and that becomes problematic. So let's talk about self-directed IRAs real quick. Obviously, it's an IRA that allows you to do traditional investments as well as alternatives. Only three things you can't do with an IRA, collectibles, life insurance, essentially self-dealing transactions, right? Any transaction that directly or indirectly personally benefits you or a disqualified person, which is essentially a lineal descendant or entities controlled by such persons, right? Can't buy a house and live in it. Can't take your family to Disney with your IRA. So most transactions involving IRAs are not subject to tax, right? All transactions that involve passive income, like rental income, capital gains, interest, dividends, royalties, will not be subject to any tax. All the income and gains will flow back to the IRA without tax, uh, which is known as tax deferral, in the case of a Roth, tax-free. However, we know of this four 
letter word called UBTI, unrelated business taxable income, also known as unrelated um, debt finance income and um, you know UBIT, whatever it means basically that if you do these three transactions, you're gonna trigger the trust tax rates, which can go as high as 37%. Three transactions are, one, use margin of buy stock, Number two, in the case of an IRA, use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate. And three, for IRAs and 401ks, invest in an active trader business like a restaurant that's operated through a pass-through entity like an LLC or partnership. Of course, if you invest in companies that are operated through C corporations, like almost all public companies, i.e. Tesla, of course, you're not going to deal with UBTI. That's why most investors have never heard of this ugly little four-letter word. But again, if you're using margin to buy stock, non-recourse leverage to buy real estate in an IRA, or you're investing in an active business um, through an LLC owned by an IRA or 401k, you may have to deal with this UBTI and up to 37% tax on a percentage of the income. Now, that second exemption I talked about using a non-recourse loan in the case of an IRA to buy real estate. I didn't mention 401k. Why? Because there's an exemption under 514C9 that allows a 401k to use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate and not trigger the UBTI tax. Not sure. There's not a good justification from the legislative history of why the exemption only applies to 401ks. Still unclear, but it does. And probably the um, IRS wanted 401ks and trustees to have a little bit more um, flexibility more uh, larger mosaic of investment opportunities than um, IRAs. Again, that's just kind of based off the legislative history and based off discussions and research over the years. That's kind of what I've been able to comb through, but it's still not super clear. But what is clear is the exemptions there. It's in the tax code under 514 C9. So it has to be a non-recourse loan. Why? 4975, which I talked about the self-dealing prohibited transactions prior, it's clear that you can't personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA. So that's why you can't personally guarantee a loan. So that's why you can't get a traditional mortgage. So if your IRA gets a traditional mortgage, you're not allowed to personally guarantee it under 4975C, which would trigger a prohibited transaction. So therefore, the loan has to be non-recourse. Okay, so you can get non-recourse loans. Uh, you may pay a few more points, but they're readily available. Generally, you have to put down minimum 30%. But I, I know a number of very good non-recourse lenders that, that can help you get a deal done. And in the case of the IRA, it can get expensive because there's something called this UBTI tax, which can go up to 37% on a percentage of the income. So for example, if you put $100,000 down in cash and $100,000 in uh, leverage and use the self-directed IRA, 50-50 debt to equity ratio. Now, let's say you generate $10,000 of net-net rental income after expenses, after depreciation, you would be subject on that $10,000, 50% of it, which equals the debt to equity ratio, would be subject to this UBTI tax, which can go as high as 37% once you hit around 15,000. You need a minimum of $1,000 of income to actually trigger this UBTI tax. So what a lot of people do is they basically try to zero out their income and expenses, increase their debt payments, basically to, to zero out uh, the income so there's no net income over a thousand bucks and they don't have to deal with UBTI and then they could pay off the loan quicker. 
Now, I mentioned seller financing, right? So in the case of straight up seller financing, um, it's generally okay. You generally can get around a situation where you're not going to have any issues if you use the solo 401k with um, the UBTI tax because you should avail yourself of the exemption under 514c9. Problem is, if part of this seller financing is a sale leaseback, which, which does happen, which you basically buy the property from the seller, okay, and then the sell and you basically lease it back to the seller, and the seller kind of helps you do this transaction by lending you the money to buy the property so you can lease it back. You now could potentially under 49, excuse me, 514C9B, three little I, uh, be out of the exemption. So basically, if you do a seller financing of a sale leaseback, you may not be able to avail yourself of the exemption under the 514C9, and thus you would be subject to the UBTI tax, um, just like you would in a self-directed IRA. So again, that's only in the sale leaseback. Um, there's a few other um, exemptions to the exemptions, or exceptions to the exemptions, I should say. Basically, if the price of the acquisition isn't fixed, if the amount, the indebtedness, um, essentially is not is dependent on revenue, so it's not really a loan. The sale leaseback situation I mentioned. Um, so those are the things, the main uh, things you uh, need to uh, consider if you want to avail yourself of the exemption under 514 C9. Okay, so most seller financings, you could be okay. Just be cautious of any sale leaseback transactions because the exemption or exception under B3 little I will pull you out of the 514 C9 exemption to UBTI. So in sum, okay, if you use a non-recourse loan in real estate in an IRA, be prepared for UBTI tax up to 37% if you have more than $1,000 in net income. If you can get into a solo 401k because you're self-employed, have a business with no full-time employees over 1,000 hours other than the owners or their spouses, you could be eligible for a solo K, which means you can avail yourself of the exemption from the UBTI tax for non-recourse leverage under 514C9. Only caveat is if you're doing a sale leaseback, um, be careful because you may uh, be ex accepted out of this exemption. So I hope this made sense. It's kind of a complicated topic. UBTI, it is a four letter ugly little word. It's also a confusing uh, area of the code because it travels in between um, you know, trust, charity law, and also tax law. And um, most tax lawyers are corporate or partnership tax lawyers, and they're not tax-exempt tax lawyers. So there's not a lot of coverage on uh, 514, 512, the UBTI rules. So just be cautious of them. Fortunately, a lot of investors are never aware, and they kind of enter in these transactions, and they find out at the end of the day, and it becomes a problem. So that's why I'm doing these podcasts, trying to educate you guys, make you better investors, smarter, self-directed investors, and hopefully wealthier self-directed investors that are able to use the tax code uh, to their advantage. So there you have it, seller financing and UBTI. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. I really appreciate all the support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're doing on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, we drop generally four to five videos a week, free podcasts. So some really good content um, that I think you would really enjoy. So stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to everyone again next week.